This is Karen Hunter, and welcome to The Hub. Let me welcome the voice, the myth, the legend, the one and only, Deborah Cox is here. Hey, Hello. Karen. Yes. Hey, hey, hey. Happy New Year to you. I haven't seen you in a while. I know, I know. I pulled that right off your timeline on Twitter because you were like, the Janet Jackson? I I gave a tribute to her. Everybody's flexing. They're all showing their pictures, you know, the moments that they've met Janet. I was like, okay, I need to flex. That was one of the most favorite tributes that I've ever done because I love Janet. I mean, everyone knows that she has been a huge influence on me to the point where I had, you know, a few of her dancers in a video uh, for Who Do You Love that I did years ago. She's a real great inspiration. So it, it was great to pay pay tribute and pay homage. All right. Tell the truth, uh, Deborah Cox. Growing up in, uh, t- uh, in Canada, were you doing extra ab workouts to try to get the Janet abs? Because I think there was a period where everybody... My, my fat ass could never do it. So I was, I was like, y'all got that. Go ahead, y'all, y'all skinny Listen, people. Go ahead. It was all about the 200 crunches before bed. <laughs> so you could wear a nice little crop top and be all cute. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. I think she's single-handedly. She's single-handedly got a lot of people in shape. I'm she just did. Gonna say it. I'm gonna say she it. absolutely did. And um, one of my favorite, favorite videos Um. Love will never do without you. When she was on the beach and those abs were popping, oh my gosh, that was. I think that's one of my favorite videos. I think that's the first time Jamin Hansu made an appearance too, if I'm not mistaken. That's right? Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. right. You're right. So right. Sad. She brought so many sexy people to the. I'm talking Gary. Uh, what's his name with the green eyes? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and Antonio Sabato, I think, was in that same video. That's right. Yeah, yeah. All <laughs> of them. All right. Janet. Did you, were you watching with everybody else the last? Of those? course. Okay. Of course. Yeah. I missed the first part, but I did watch the second part last night. Most shocking moment for you in the, in the four part series. The most shocking moment for me was, I don't know if it was the most shocking, but the most endearing moment was the fact that she, at the end of the day, found happiness and she did it her way and she walked away from the drama all the crazy and was like look if I'm not going to be a priority in your life then I'm going to choose me and that's what she did and I I think she just got the last laugh which is what I loved about it she came all she came back around after being blackballed for so many years from so many different genres and venues and different opportunities you know they tried to block her but she came out she came out winning i didn't even know she was blackballed or blacklisted because she was never blacklisted to us so coca-cola go ahead and kick kick rocks and cbs kick rocks and all the other people shunning her grammys and i i like even though that was like wow how how grammys yeah you know and and really unfair you know but it just shows you, Karen, you know, this industry can really be judgmental and really kick you down um, when you're already down. You know what I mean? Uh, and I, I love that the, 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 um, the Black community has always, you know, held her in very high esteem and always protected her. You know, I, I think that 
we owe that to her and her family and their legacy and what they've done and brought to music and I mean, change makers, world changers, you know what I mean? Um, So yeah, she will always be one of my absolute favorites. Same. uh, And I love Michael too. The the shock for me was that there was like this little low key, high key competition between the two of them. And I didn't know. But that didn't start until, I mean, I didn't get the impression that that was ever there until they decided to do the song together. And then it was more the, the record companies that were trying to create this sort of competition. I didn't get the sense that she was in competition. Did she say no, that? Or did, no, was it was, you know, she wanted to be the biggest. She wanted her tour to be the biggest ever. She wanted, you know, that they, that, you know, there was like a low, it was low key. But, you know, as a as a fellow tourist, I get it. I was like, yeah, yeah, okay. All right. You might you might be you Mike the what? King, but I'm going to be number one. You know what? I think as a person, as a perfectionist, as an artist, as a person in this, you know, when you, you, when you strive for perfection, perfectionism also carries with it competition. So, you know, as being somebody that's very serious about their craft, you're going to want to be the best. So you kind of are low key going to be in competition with your brother. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it was, it was nice and also sad to watch the fissure, you know, and I wonder had he not separated from her in particular and his family while he was going through that, you know, if he would have, you know, succumbed to, the propovol and all of the things that end up uh, having him check out of here. But I don't know what that would feel like to be accused of something that you absolutely know you didn't do. You pay people right. off so that you could just move on. And it just never stops. And then it hurts your family members. Janet lost business because of what was going on with Michael. Oh. And, you know. Yeah, I'm sure there's so much that was untold. You know yeah. what I mean? That um, we, we, we'll, we'll never understand all the dynamics when it comes to the family and then the business, because those are two totally different, you know, dynamics. And it's hard to explain it in, in a two hour or four hour documentary, you know what I mean? All of the real nuances. And then I think she was also, it was beautifully done because I think, you know, she was still guarded and protective, you know, which was, which was really beautiful to see. It's important. I was saying that, yeah. you know, her telling this story needed to happen because other people are going to tell all yes. kinds of stories. This oh, is important. Yeah. But I, you know what I love the most too? How mm-hmm. well raised they were. But okay, so she's in the studio with Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis and they're cussing and, st- and she was like, I'm leaving. This is too much. <laughs> I was like, what? Wait a minute. But you you know that they were so polite, which is why you know even how she and Michael, like there's a a very that Jehovah Witness, Jehovah's Witness Christian, very polite, even how they talk to their mom. It's like that right. she wasn't and somebody said, I don't think I've ever heard her cussing. I can't imagine her cussing anybody out, you know, because it's like I'm leaving. I'm done. This is the movie now. Come on, poetic justice. She yeah, had a few Yeah, but that was that was on the script. But you know, like her right, personally, right, right. you would think she would blow up because it was she was frustrated and she was like, That's it, I'm done. <laughs> it's like and they're F bombing and she was like, Nope, I'm out of right, here. Right. I was, I was like, that is yeah, so I, precious. I thought it was really, I thought it was really beautiful, like really, really well done. Like gave us a glimpse of everything without dwelling on the past, but also showing just where her mindset is at right now in her, in her life and her future. And she doesn't regret anything because she's moving forward. And at the end of the day, like I said, she just, she got the last laugh. She's the winning. Last laugh. Got her baby yeah. and she's happy. Okay. Yeah. 
That's not why yeah. I reached out to Deborah Cox because I'm watching Station <laughs> Eleven because you know every Friday I do what I'm watching and this right. Station Eleven thing. I was like, what the hell? They're in the middle of a pandemic. This this book was written. 10 years ago, how did they know we would be here? And then I look and I was like, is that Deborah Cox in the caravan? Is that, what the hell is Deborah Cox? And then of course at the end you're singing and I was like, that's Deborah Cox. I was like, girl, what you up to? So first of all, <laughs> you, you was like, I'm, I'm on set right now with Jill Scott. I'm doing First Wives Club, which y'all can see on BET Plus. Uh, the first couple of seasons, you're, you're now shooting, was it season three, I think this is? Season three, yeah, and um, and you can see season two on BET. Yeah, it's been moving around, but uh, yeah, season three. Well, I come in through Amazon Prime, and then I click on right. it. That's how I reach it. Uh, right. So you're doing that. We're going to talk about that in a second. But Station Eleven, that was so random. That was so random. I, you know, Station Eleven was a real... Um, exciting project to be a part of and one that I probably would not have saw myself in as well. I mean, I love sci-fi, but I never would have thought that I would have, um, I don't know, it's, it's not something that I, that I jumped to. So when I got this, the script, I was like, wow, this is different, it's interesting. And I wanted to sort of, I love HBO Max and all of their programming and stuff, but um, I had been a fan of the book. I'd been a fan of the book and, you know, not everybody knows how to tell the story or translate the story from a book to a movie. So that was the first red flag. I was like, man, I don't know. This could be but Game of Thrones last season. There you go. You know, you may, you just never know. Um, but Karen, I read it and I was like, this is, this is really dope. And at, at first uh, I wasn't, I mean, I didn't, I wasn't coming in with the expectation to sing. You know what I mean? I was coming in with the expectation of, you know, acting in it and whatever. Um, but it was the experience is what fueled me and fulfilled me more than anything. Being in a pandemic, we were locked down. We were shooting in all kinds of extreme conditions, but we got the, we got the series done. Um, and it was a, an amazing experience. And I met some great people, great, great people. There's an actor... Um, I think, uh, his name, uh, I can't, is, oh my goodness. He has no, he was in a fire. He was an actor. He got, he was in a fire. He lost, I think both of his oh, arms. Oh, you talking about Prince. Prince. Oh my God. And I was like, in it, those, yeah. are, those aren't prosthetics. He actually, and then I'm Google searching and it was like, he was an actor before and yes. he got almost destroyed in this fire. And yeah. now he's in Station Eleven acting, and I was like, "This is so beautiful!" Like you're on the set with some amazing human beings amazing who come through. Tell me something. Beings. Yes, Tell that's what it. I took away with. That's what I took away with. I was like, "This experience is not about the acting. This experience is about the people that I that have become my family, that have become a part of my narrative in life." <laughs> you know what I mean? I left the condo every day, like out of being in complete isolation and went on set and really loved seeing everybody just because I was around people. You know what I mean? That hadn't happened in a year. You know what I mean? And um, and then just hearing people's stories of how they were dealing with the pandemic. Um, and and it just really kind of brought, brought it all home to me that like, we all need each other. Like we all need each other in some kind of way. And love is the only thing that's going to combat this feeling of isolation and feeling of loneliness and stuff. And so every day when I was on set, you know, even though it was long, long hours, 
you know, we'd sing, we we play music, we we dance, we just like lift each other up. And and those are the moments that I remember the most, those those times. Tell me a story from that set, because uh, again, you're part of the traveling symphony. So the traveling again, symphony. <laughs> you know, you got uh Lori, uh was it Lori Petty? Lori Petty. Oh yes. my gosh. Uh amazing actress and in- oh I'll tell I'll tell yeah, Lori Petty's amazing. So so I get on the Zoom, right? So we could do a a, a script read. And I'm like, that's Lori. <laughs> and so all of her movies, Tank Girl. Uh, one of my all-time favorites, A League of Their Own, all of these movies, just, you know, and um, of course, Orange is the New Black, and I'm going, Lori, what's up? And she's like, girl, this pet, this, and she was just like over being in quarantine. She was really at the tail end, and so she's like, I, I, I'm able to leave today, and then one of the people, one of the COVID organizers was like, no, no, it's, you got, 11.59 p.m., meaning <laughs> she thought she was going to be able to leave that afternoon, and she lost it. I mean, all of us were kind of like, we were just at, 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 at the edge, and, and it was, and, and it, she, she just lost it. Like, this is crazy. So after being in, in quarantine for, for 14 weeks, I was able to kind of get through it because I just danced. It was, it was either listening to music on D-Nice or, you know, reading or whatever. Um, but it was, it was very, very hard. Uh, one of my favorite memories was, I guess, being in the, in the van, like in the middle of nowhere and watching verses. <laughs> Which watching verses though? Verses. Which one though? Because some the of the, verses, was it? Um, Bobby Brown. Okay. Um, Bobby, uh, was it Key Sweat? Was it? I I I checked out. Yeah, it was, summer. It was yeah. It was Bobby Brown because we were singing all the all the hits, and the um, yeah, it was Keep Sweating Bobby Brown. All right, yeah, I definitely yeah. wasn't yeah. watching that one because uh, for a lot of reasons. But anyway, but you know, Deborah, Deborah Cox is here. Do not participate in my madness. Um, I'm not participating. I don't. Don't do it. I don't am do not it. participating. The thing I'm crazy. No, don't do it, Deborah. Don't do it. I'm the thing I love about there. you. You are uh-huh. you, you bring joy. Like you are always oh. happy and ready to sing and just always a you, you know bring me joy when I'm down oh so much joy when I lose my way your love comes shining on me damn it Come on, Deborah Cox, just open her mouth and then all of this goodness just pours out of her thok. It's amazing. I, I wonder, like, what, who do you listen to to keep you up? We're talking this uh, young lady, um, uh, um, I don't even know how to say it now, took her life, uh, Chesley oh, Chris, my and we're gosh, talking about Chesley. that today. And, you know, I said, you know, for some people, oh, somebody called them and said, people said, if she just knew God or something, and I'm like, no. We all need something, you know, and we can't wag our finger because, you know, people are doing things that we think they should be doing and how they should find their solace. And we all have moments, all of us. We all know. have moments. We all have moments. Listen, I'm, I'm the most optimistic, jovial person. And, and, I'm, and I'm also spiritual, but I have my moments where, I'm, where I don't think about, you know, 
doing something severe like that. But I do have my moments where it, I can get really, really down. And I think, you know, a lot of people, what people don't understand is that this business, there's so much judgment, there's so much ageism, all these isms. And, you know, when you think about how, I mean, for her to say that she felt old at 30, like she felt like she was somehow for some reason running out of time. What, I mean, it's, I remember when I was approaching 30 and the idea of having children and that kind of idea was, um, was really at the forefront. And I made the decision, like it was a conscious, a conscious decision to like make that compromise, you know? But I, I wonder how many women go through that how many women feel that pressure? Because this industry is like, it's relentless. And it's like, you, you, you can't take your, 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 your foot off the gas. You know, you just gotta keep going and going and going. And there's this impression that if you're grinding, you're doing good. No, you need rest. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I, it, that, that one really struck me because she seemed like a very happy person and joyful person. And so I, to hear that, that was a real tragedy. It, it just didn't sit well with me at all. So where do you find your happy place? Me, I, uh, <laughs> I, I try to use it. Music helps me. Um, and not just gospel music. It's just music. I, I listen <clears throat> to all different styles of music. Um, what's I in try Deborah to find Cox's rotation now? What's in, what's in your rotation. Oh my gosh. I listened to Emily, Emily King, Sade, Stevie Wonder, old Michael Jackson. Now Janet is on my plate. Like I cannot stop listening to love will never do without you. Others think we're up the sets. Falling in and out of love. There's no easy explanation for it. Oh my gosh, all of her joints. Oh <laughs> yeah. I, I love just, it. I, I, excuse me for busting out in song. I just please love. anytime. <laughs> Listen, we don't have enough people that should be busting out in song. I was like, I was gonna jump in. I was like, what are you doing? Shut up. <laughs> just like, it was like, no, don't stop, stop it. <laughs> I just stopped myself. Oh right. my goodness. All right. Music, girl, music, music and God. I just pray a lot too. Yeah. 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 I, I, that, that saves me. Um, yeah. but it doesn't save everybody. So I, I'm not going to oh. use that as prescription. All right. You're on right. set with, uh, another voice. Another, uh, yes. Another vocal, uh, genius. Her name is Jill Scott. Oh, uh, God. another person yeah. who will break out in a song for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> Your set must be crazy. Yeah. She plays a different character. So she, the two of us do random like moments. Like we had just, we were shooting in Miami last week for another scene and uh, we just busted into, can you feel it? Can you feel it? Can you feel it? <laughs> when is that season drop? When, when is, when are we going to be feeding to this? I believe this summer. Okay. All right. I believe either, either this summer or fall. Yeah. And but what else, please do. And I want you to come back with Jill. Uh, shame, shame, yeah. shame, shame, shame. Uh, what, and what else is, is the great Deborah Cox working on? 
I'm working on music. I'm working on a few other projects that I have not, that are not music related, but I can't talk about, but I will maybe in another, yeah, probably in another month, I'll be able to talk about that. Any more Broadway? um, Oh yeah. That's one of them too. Yeah. But it's too early to to talk about. Okay. All right. We just have to keep seeing you on things and then keep inviting you back on because you got to open seat here. Oh, you got to keep inviting me back so I can sing more for you. Yes. (laughs) Open seat, Deborah Cox, see her anywhere. And matter of fact, download all her music. How about we do that? Download all the music. There you go. Let's, uh, how did you get here? And all yeah, of the no, 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 no. Sentimental, get all of them. Everything. Deborah Cox, thank <laughs> Everything. you. I love you. I love you. Love you more. I'll see you soon. Yes, ma'am. <laughs>